The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. There's a new era in Twins baseball, and this is the show that keeps you in tune with the team's fresh approach. It's Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins, featuring insight on the new direction, interviews with your favorite players, and more. Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins is presented by Discover St. Louis Park. Stay, shop, eat, and play comfortably close to Target Field. Find it all at discoverstlouispark.com. Now, here's Chris Atterbury. Hey, good evening. Welcome back to Deep Cuts. And for the first time in several weeks, actually live in studio here at beautiful Target Field. We've been rolling with the Twins Winter Caravan. What a great couple of weeks of uh, traveling across Twins territory. I know personally, great week with Trevor May, with Byron Buxton. Taylor Rogers joined us to uh, knock down some bowling pins and chat with some folks in Winona. We had a great southern leg, the obligatory snowstorm that came. Uh, and uh, in the middle of uh, Twins Caravan, met some great people. Even picked up my Mr. Shucks Cedar Rapids Colonel's hat and Midwest League All-Star Game pullover at the colonel's auction the silent auction i do tremendous damage at the silent auction and drew and gino have no idea how close they were to having a life-size jeff mathis autographed plywood cutout of him blocking home plate in this studio uh i got outbid by five bucks so i did my part don't know how we would have got on the bus but we would have tried caravan in the rearview mirror twins fest what another booming success here at target field great event for the twins community fund and just great to see so many people all in one place and tonight's edition of deep cuts certainly uh was embedded in the three days that were the weekend of twins fest here at target field james rousen chance to meet james rousen uh in person he will join us he'll also take three cuts with us here tonight also a great announcement made by dave st peter with help of the 1987 twins uh that we're going to lead off our show with here this evening we'll also have some other information about tickets and whatnot as spring training again is just around the corner but just a wonderful weekend getting everybody in the building fans uh, players former players uh, staff able to uh, meet face to face and just a wonderful reminder that baseball is almost here but we're going to start with president dave st peter this happened friday night at twins fest and for folks who were there a special moment the 87 team what do we have eight guys i think from the 87 team on stage uh, including manager Tom Kelly, uh, when President Dave St. Peter stepped up to make an announcement. By now, maybe you know what the result of that announcement was, but we think it's worth sharing the moment as it happened. It's an honor to be up here on the stage with, uh, frankly, probably the uh, the most beloved team, in my estimation, in Minnesota sports history and um, some of the greatest players within our franchise. But uh, we do have a special announcement tonight, and we thought it was appropriate to have some help up here on this stage um, since moving to Target Field, we've worked really hard to try to showcase the history of our franchise, to try to tell stories with the hopes that people and future generations will have an appreciation of who came before the current team. So whether that be a Harmon Killebrew or a Kirby Puckett or a Ken Herbeck or a Tony Oliva or a Rod Carew, and speaking of Rodney, I continue to get great reports. I think he got discharged from the hospital today out in Los Angeles. So. Keep him in your thoughts and prayers, and he'll be back this summer. But uh, we're going to announce tonight that uh, we're going to do an eighth uh, legend statue. Those five names I, I said before, along with uh, Carl and Eloise Polad and Kelvin Griffith, we have seven what we deem legend statues. And the eighth is going to be Thomas J. Kelly. And uh,
Well done, Thomas. And I'll just, I'll, I'll just say this. I'll get off the stage on behalf of the Polad family, and I think it's safe to say on behalf of millions of baseball fans across Twins territory, we're excited to see Tom's story memorialized here for the long term. And uh, we got to go through a little process with Tom posing, and we're working on that. Um, we're working on it, but Herbie can tell him about it. Tony can tell him about it. Rod can tell him. Can we do yeah, little examples of the pose? <laughs> But with that, Danny, take it away. All right, Dave, thank you very much. Uh, hopefully, and I'm sure uh, Dave has taken off, but, you know, if you go to uh, Milwaukee Miller Park, Bob Euchard's statue is up in the top row, I promise you. Tom Kelly's won't be there. Uh, your thoughts on uh, uh, be it with this great honor? Well, um, humbled. It's, uh, as you know, Dan, I always felt the game is about the players. The players... People come to see the players. They don't come to see the trainer, the manager, the coaches. They certainly don't come to see the umpires, that's for sure. <laughs> so I always felt the game's about the players. And, and uh, during my stay here in Minnesota, the Twins have been wonderful to me uh, beyond that. But I've been blessed with so many wonderful players. We all have been blessed with really some talented people to play the game and uh, maybe being in the right spot at the right time and, and uh, being part of it got me a few accolades over the years. Uh, but again, believe me when I tell you, if you don't pitch good and catch it, you ain't going to win nothing. So, but, And these players are the ones that did that. I didn't hit any balls. I didn't throw any. I certainly didn't run the bases. And uh, the players are the ones that get it done, and, and they're the ones that deserve the credit. I was just happy to be part of uh, the operation and the show. Well, I think that, you know, Tom, as a player, we've always, we always want to play for a good manager. You were definitely that. But as a manager, playing or in front of the fans, Twins fans, but also the Polad family have to be special, too. Well, uh, all the way back to Calvin Griffith giving me a chance to play in the big leagues, even though it was only 70 days. That was, um, you know. That was enough. <laughs> they saw was, enough. It was seven. Yeah, that too, and it was enough. But uh, it was 70 more than a lot of people. Yes. And uh, so I always remembered that. And, uh, and then, of course, Carl Polad, uh, when he took over, gave me a chance to manage. And uh, I've always appreciated that. And, and uh, I can't stress it enough. Danny, uh, the players are the ones that get it done. They're the ones that deserve all the credit, and, and uh, all I did was try to write their names down in the right spots. Tom Kelly also uh, talks, uh, you are not going to make it to spring training this year. How many years uh, you've been in a row there? You're not going this year. 47. 47. Wow. And you're going to stay home and well, I play some more golf. i got to pose for this statue thing. Oh, that might. <laughs> Let's hear it for Tom Kelly. A lot of great moments with Twins Thanks, Fest. Tommy. That might have been uh, at the top of most people's list. Certainly mine, Danny, and the rest of that 87 bunch. And TK rightfully getting his statue. Now, I have made my pitch to TK and to President Dave St. Peter. I would like to see them replicate the famed picture with the Zubas, the cigar, fill in the pitching machine in the Metrodome as the statue. I've been told that's probably a low likelihood. Uh, though Danny and I agree uh, a fungal bat, more than likely, definitely will be, uh, more than likely, definitely, I sound like Gladden now, uh, a fungal bat will probably 
uh, be utilized as some part of what should be a wonderful addition to the Target Field area and well-deserved for the great Tom Kelly, who, as Danny mentioned there, will not be headed to spring training for the first time in nearly half a century. This is Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins. We're on Facebook Live, though, uh, because of the faces involved. It is an audio stream only. Still glad to have you with us here on Facebook Live, or if you're listening online through our streaming, uh, or, of course, if you're listening across our network. We're going to step aside, and when we get back, we're going to let you get to know new Twins hitting coach James Rousen, the pride of Mount Vernon, New York. We'll talk about that and more. James also going to take three cuts with us, though, to hear him tell it. Going to be ugly cuts. We'll say hello to Mr. Rousen right after this. It's Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins, and it's only right here on your home for Twins Baseball. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins. Kind of a Twins uh, Twins Fest edition, Twins Fest in the rearview mirror, but the beauty of the event a chance to get a whole bunch of folks in one room, often for the very first time. And we're taking advantage here on Deep Cuts to talk with new Twins hitting coach James Rousen. And first of all, James, you have a job, a very unique job, one of 30 in the world, where when guys do well, it's because they're talented, and when guys stink, it's because the hitting coach has to go. I mean, and, and you know this better than anybody, but it is a very – uh, difficult, delicate, layered position, uh, and I think you said it best more than anything. People maybe not realize it. it's a it's a people position, without a doubt. Um, it's it's a fun job. It's a job that um, you're looking to help these guys maximize their ability, um, and it's a good thing when they play well. They they deserve the credit, and 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 my job is that when they're scuffling a little bit or something's not going well, try to give them just that little thing to help them get out of it. So. You know, you don't worry about the praise or the or, or getting the blame. I mean, the, the bottom line is we want to do whatever we can do to score some runs. Let's talk about how you got here. You were a ball player yourself, obviously. You've held a lot of different positions with some wonderful organizations. First of all, kind of talk quickly about your path, and then why Minnesota? Why now? Why was this an attractive place that you wanted to land? Uh, well, as a player, I played briefly through the minor leagues, and then I started coaching at an early, at an early um, age. So I had an opportunity. I've been with um, the Angels as a, as to start my coaching career and spent many years with New York. I was in uh, Chicago as well as a major league hitting coach and a hitting coordinator. So when Minnesota came up, it was just, it's really interesting. The last few years, I've had an opportunity to work with a lot of young players that have now scratched the surface of playing in the major leagues with um, the prior clubs I was with. And I really enjoy those types of players. Um, I felt like Minnesota had a great mix of, of young players that are doing that same thing, scratching the surface in the major league level, but also some good veterans and some good leadership too as well. So it just seemed like the perfect fit for me. Now you talk about those players, and there's this line that comes in everybody's career. You know, you know you're talented if you make it to the major leagues. Well, you've played a little bit, but you haven't quite figured out exactly who you are as a big leaguer. And you look around, Buxton, Sano, Kepler, Vargas, Polanco. I mean, the list goes on and on uber-talented kids, and they're still kids, trying to figure out exactly who they are, and it should make for a very exciting and busy year. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Again, you look at those kids, and like you said, you see all the talent. So these guys are really talented. But you also see um, the youth, and they're going to be things that um, they're going to go through, and they're going to continue to go through. It takes time to adjust to this league, and, and most players do have an adjustment period to adjust to the major league. So I think we have to understand that but also give them all the tools that we can to help them day in, day out to be the best player they can be that day. I think if you put it in perspective and you just stay in the moment and you stay in the present 
and you stay positive, good things will happen. And speaking of positive, in the moment, you know, Derek and Thad coming on board and kind of the philosophy, uh, the communication philosophy, empowering people within the organization. An example of that, this hitting summit that you guys had recently in Florida, what a wonderful way to get things going for you. You hold the top hitting coach position in the organization, but literally everybody who's going to be working with every hitter from the lowest drafted rookie all the way on up to Joe Maurer was in the same room, and I would think that's invaluable. Without a doubt. Um, it was great to get to meet such a group of passionate hitting coaches throughout the organization. I was excited to meet those guys. They had great ideas uh, in the meetings. And again, I mean, it seems as if we talk about the major league job as, as the top job. I, I love to talk to the hitting coaches in the organization and says, you know, we're a straight line, and nobody stands above the other guy. Um, we stand in a straight line. We're all the same. We're all equal, and all your ideas matter. So I wanted all those guys to understand that I don't. I don't see myself ahead of any other any other coach. I see myself as part of the chain, and I think if we have a strong chain and every link is strong. You know, we're going to have success for many, many years to come. You make a great point because every hitter is different. You can't say all of you need to hit like this. And similarly, all of you, including Rick as the roving instructor in the minor leagues, you look at things differently, whether it be from experience, perspective, and maybe you see something they don't see. Maybe they see something you don't see. Without a doubt. And I think when you create that as a hitting department is what we call it. So we want to be a department uh, not just, you know, it's a separate type of group of hitting coaches, but it's one department. Um, Rick's great. I mean, you can lean on Rick's experience and some of the things he's seen in the game. Uh, Chad Allen has a good idea of what these a lot of these hitters and seen him in the minor leagues and seen him develop and grow. So, you know, it would be it would not be smart to rule out using these guys and you want them to feel included and you want them to give their opinions. I think the more opinions, the better uh, the better opportunity for the players. We've talked a little bit before we got started. We're talking with James Rousen, Twins' new hitting coach, about your reputation as being a great communicator. And that's that's the words that, that, that come when people who've worked with you or been around you. And it's such an important part of this business. Is that just who you are? Have you always been that guy, whether it's at work or not? Or is that something you've developed as a coach? I just like to think. I mean, I've been blessed. And as you just grow as a person, I think you learn um, the best way to deal with any any individuals is through honesty and transparency. Um, and that's the way I take the job as a hitting coach. Um, I'm going to be honest with the players, but I'm also going to be transparent. I'm not going to change. They're going to see what I think. Um, we may not always agree, but we'll communicate. you got to be on their team. Um, if there's a way a player would like to go about something, I'm very careful to make sure I listen to the player, to make sure I hear what they're saying and, and respect their ideas and their values. And it doesn't have to always be my way. It has to be the right way. And I think there's a lot for me to learn sometimes, but there's also a lot the players to learn. And when you're learning together, good things happen. What's the biggest misconception about your role, about what it takes to be a hitting coach or even what the day-to-day activities are? Um, it's a great question. I'm not sure what the biggest misconception would be. Um, you know, I just think, I, I, I don't know, me personally, you just you, you're, you have to be ready to serve. You have to be ready to help. I mean, it, it's a position in which you're you're helping every day guys maximize their ability. I think the, the best part is to come to the ballpark every day for me with a smile, knowing that you can help a guy do something great every night. And just to be part of that equation is great. I, you don't have to be the thing. You just want to be part of something. So I, I look at this job as every day, if you can just be part of helping a guy, it's a good thing. You mentioned you got into coaching at a young age. That is Maybe the hardest part of any athlete's life is to figure out when the plane's done, when you've maximized that, uh, and it's time to find something new. And it takes a lot of maturity to do it at a young age because there are opportunities to hang on to keep fighting, and you've always obviously operated at a high level as a player. How did you come to that decision that, you know what, I played as well and as long as I could, and it's time to, to start the next chapter? 
it wasn't that tough for me because I couldn't hit the breaking ball, man. So, <laughs> so, I mean, early in my career, no. And that was the respect I had for the game. Um, I was a great athlete coming up as a young player, like like most of these guys are. And But this game was tough. And, you know, hitting was hard. And it was something that was very tough for me to do. So the athlete in me, the, the competitor in me, studied it and really learned and watched a lot of hitters and got a chance to talk to a lot of good hitters. And so I think at an early age, because it was difficult for me, I wanted to really learn as much as I could about it. And then it became a passion of mine. So, you know, it's it's one of those things I tell guys all the time, do as I say, not as I did, because this game is this game is tough. But I do think that through those failures and through those things that I had to go through as a player, I understand how tough it is. I've learned a lot that I can help players that, that um, have mastered the skills so I can help those guys remember what they're good at. But I can also help guys go through some of those tough times because I know how it feels to scuffle. So... I think, you know, everyone gets here a different way. Mine is, is is understanding how tough the game is, but also the time and effort that I put into learning the video and learning guys' swings and taking that time to learn what good hitters do. And now that competitiveness never goes away, and you've been able to rechannel it through other guys. Without a doubt. Um, and that's what we do. We're coming here every day to compete. You know, we're going we're gonna to do a lot of work throughout the year. We're going to talk about swings. We're going to do all the things that happen throughout the season, but... You know, when the umpire says play ball, we're going to compete, and that's going to be the fun part. We're going out there to win every pitch, and that's the mentality, win every pitch. And after that pitch is over, we're going to get to the next pitch. I mean, I try to tell guys all the time, the most important pitch that you're ever going to see in your career is going to be the next one. So the mindset is I'm going to take care of that next pitch. So right now, every guy's got to be looking forward to their that next pitch they get because that's going to be the most important one. And when that one's over – it's going to be the very next one. And I think if we play pitch to pitch, good things happen. James Rouse, new hitting coach for the Minnesota Twins. This is Deep Guts with the Minnesota Twins, brought to you by Discover St. Louis Park. Take a break. News and notes when we return and more still to come, including more with James in a little bit right here on your home for Twins. You're listening to Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins on 96.3, the alternative channel in your home. Chris Atterbury back with a Wednesday night edition of Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins. A little hot stove action in the wake of a full weekend at Twins Fest. I uh, hope you're enjoying this on Facebook Live, streaming on the website, or, of course, across our network. We're brought to you by Discover St. Louis Park. Some things to discover in the coming days. Hey, can you sing? Do you think you can sing? Do you know somebody who can sing? Well, musicians are wanted to sing the national anthem or God Bless America. Submit your audition in MP3 format to auditions at twinsbaseball.com. The deadline, February 4th. you got a few more days to work out the kinks. If you have any questions, you can call, ask for GLOW. But the deadline, again, is February 4th of this week. Uh, auditions at twinsbaseball.com and MP3. God Bless America and the national anthem you perchance could sing the national anthem here at Target Field. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? Also of note, uh, tickets for the home opener against the Royals, those went on sale Friday, so you'll want to scurry over and get those. going to be a whole lot of fun on April the 3rd. And the promotions calendar, a lot of people get fired up. They want to plan their summer, uh, which days they're going to uh, show up for uh, in terms of uh, the special promotions events. That's going to be announced on February 20th, but I would expect maybe some information to trickle out in the coming days. In our coming minutes, three cuts with James Rousen. He's from Mount Vernon, New York, home of Sidney Poitier, P. Diddy, DMX, Denzel Washington, Michael Imperioli, and Heavy D. Where does he rate in that company? We'll find out on your home. 
You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins, brought to you by Discover St. Louis Park. Hard to believe we're sneaking up on report date uh, for the Twins and the rest of baseball extended spring training this year. James Rouse, a new Twins hitting coach, was in town with the Twins Fest over the course uh, uh, of a late uh, January weekend. We had a chance to sit down and talk with him. You've heard his thoughts, his philosophies, his, his path. Now three cuts with the new Twins hitting coach. Three questions for James Rouse. And we'll start with an easy one. Uh, you played for a bunch of guys. You've coached with a bunch of guys, exposed to a lot of ideas in different organizations. Who has been maybe the two or three most influential people in terms of making you the coach and the man that you are today? Um, well, I, I'd start with my dad, first and foremost, just in terms of um, helping me be the person that I am today and developing me and, and all the things that he did that I kind of learned from and tried to roll, model myself after. So my dad would be number one. Um, in the baseball world, I would say Gary Denbo, who is with the New York Yankees as the um, vice president of, uh, I want to say baseball operations, the minor leagues, but um, I don't know the title exactly, but he's been great um, ever since I was a player. He he inspired me. He was my hitting coordinator and inspired me to do this job because of the care that he showed for players. So I always took that, uh, regardless of where you were in the draft or where you were, if you wore a uniform, you were important. And I learned that at an early age that you have to treat everybody the same way. So in the baseball world, he would be um, – you know, one of the top guys that I've, I've been around. I love that you start with your dad. That's always a pretty solid foundation to begin with. You mentioned you couldn't hit the breaking ball by your own admission as a minor <laughs> leaguer. Every guy who played in the minor leagues or in high school or college has that one guy that they got a knockoff that goes on to become a star later on, and they can carry that with them their entire life. Well, you know, I got a hit off of uh, you know, Roger Clemens when he was in junior high. So who was the guy in the minor leagues that you remember to this day that you were able to, uh, you were able to pick up a hit off of? I, I didn't, I'm telling you, man, it, it'd be great if I could give you one, but I'd be making it up. I'd be making it up if I told you that. And I told you I got to be honest and transparent. So the, the honesty is I don't, I don't remember a guy because I was trying to battle every time I was in there, man, to, to scratch him one out and, and be there. But, you know, I will say this. There were some guys that you got a chance to play against or see play that, that were exciting. I remember when um, Adrian Beltre was with the Dodgers at that time coming up, and I remember him being a guy who – you know, I watched. I was like, "How's this guy do what he does?" So he was like 14 years ex- old. Ex- <laughs> you know, like yeah, you see some guys, but you know, going back to that, I don't have a guy in my head that I can think of, but I do remember like watching really good players play and just kind of being fascinated by the way they play the game. You're gonna comb through reference, and you're gonna end up texting me in about a week and be like, "Guess what? I got, I got Chuck Finley, or you know, something down the road." Okay, you're from Mount Vernon, New York, yes. and, and there's quite a few celebrities from Mount Vernon, New York. If you helped the Twins hoist the World Series trophy, where would you rank then amongst the Denzel Washingtons, the Heavy Ds, and the other uh, royalty that you can list from Mount Vernon? Oh, man, I tell all those guys, World Series trumps it all. So so I would look at it, man. I, I can't wait to uh, have an opportunity to win a World Series and, and do that. I think that would um, – you'd have to take a poll in Mount Vernon, but I think that would start polling amongst the tops. And who are the who's who's you'd be competing with? Denzel, I know for sure, right? Yeah, Denzel Washington, um, you look at, you know, obviously Heavy D was from Mount Vernon, uh, Kenny Singleton um, who played, uh, was from Mount Vernon. There's a lot of guys that were right in that area. Art Monk, the old football player, is right from that area. Um, so there are quite a few guys from, from Mount Vernon area that, are, that have done some good things. Now, you get mistaken for Denzel a lot, right? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's a good thing. James Rowlison taking three cuts. This has been another edition of Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins. For James and everybody else who joined us here today, glad to have you with us. We'll be back next week one more time as we inch another seven days closer to the opening of spring training right here on your this home. This has been baseball. Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins, presented by Discover St. Louis Park. Stay, shop, eat, and play comfortably close to Target Field. Find it all at discoverstlouispark.com. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.